The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. There's a new book about the ultimate warrior out, and it's one that's not only backed by his family and WWE, but the warrior's widow, Dana Warrior, actually contributed stories and pictures to it. The book is called Ultimate Warrior, A Life Forever, The Legend of a WWE Hero. It's a great look at his life, both inside and outside the ring. Who doesn't love the Ultimate Warrior? And let me tell you this, you're going to love his wife, Dana Warrior, as well. She is on Talk as Jericho today to talk about the legend that is her late husband. She's speaking candidly, emotionally. There's going to be some tears shed about his shocking death and his truly amazing life. He lived a clean and healthy existence, obsessive about his fitness and diet, as you'll hear Dana talk about. Plus, he was one of the greatest WWE superstars of all time, and he took that very, very seriously. Dana also talks about that. She's amazing guest. It was her first podcast, one of her first interviews ever, I think. You're going to fall in love with Dana Warrior. She is a true, true, true uh, professional, and she's really, really cool, uh, and I'm really excited for you to hear all about her today. Glad that uh, I almost want to call her a friend at this point. And I want to tell you about another friend of mine who's also passionate and committed to a healthy lifestyle. That's Diamond Dallas Page. You guys hear me talk about DDP and his DDP yoga all the time. You know I do it. I know a lot of you guys are on the program as well, too, and you're living a better life as a result. Listen, there's so many people that have posted uh, testimonials and videos. This guy called Eric Thacker. He jumped aboard and wait to hear what it did for him. Okay. Eric started DDP yoga after a trip to the doctor showed him tipping the scales and get this 448 pounds. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a big, big man. Eric knew if he didn't do something about his weight and quickly he was going to die. Uh, and fast forward to the one month mark on the DDP yoga program. He had lost an astonishing 30 pounds. That's right. 30 pounds in one month. What kind of a diet can you go on that's going to help you do that? Two-month mark, he was down 55 pounds. Once again, what diet is going to help you lose 55 pounds in two months? I don't know of one, but I know DDP Yoga can help you do it. Besides the amazing weight loss numbers, Eric also accomplished something he had never done at that point in his life. He did his first push-up ever. Not a big deal for some of you. For others, you're going to understand just how much that means. That's because of DDP Yoga. He stuck to the program, changed his diet, changed his lifestyle, and when he hit his one-year anniversary on DDP Yoga, he had lost, get this, 185 pounds 
All right, that's crazy. That's like 40% of his body weight gone from DDP yoga. Eric's life has forever been changed. He reclaimed his life, reclaimed his good times, thanks to DDP and DDP yoga. Once again, that changes lives, man. DDP created his yoga originally for himself and has since helped tens of thousands of people get a better lifestyle, including me. DDP Yoga can help you overcome weight loss, help you gain flexibility, and in certain situations, help existing conditions or injuries go away. I can tell you that because that's what happened to me. Help me uh, uh, reclaim my life after having a bulging disc, after having a herniated disc. I could barely walk, and now I have a better uh, better lifestyle than I had in years and years and years thanks to the DDP Yoga. And I'm telling you anything right now, Eric can tell you the same thing. Congratulations to Eric Thacker. Congratulations to me. Congratulations to all of you. Because DDPO can help you overcome weight loss, gain flexibility, and in certain situations, once again, help those existing conditions or injuries go away. Program can help any age, any size, any fitness level. And right now, DDP is giving Talk is Jericho listeners, that's all you sexy beasts out there, an balls deal on DDP Yoga. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and check it out. What are you waiting for? Get in better shape. Get in the best shape of your life. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and do it today. You got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I guarantee this will work for you as well. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. The People's Podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride with Dana Warrior, the widow of the late great Ultimate Warrior, talking about the legacy of her amazing husband. Man, I was obsessed with the Warrior in about 88, 89. I'm sure a lot of you were as well. We're going to talk about some of Warrior's most famous fans uh, with Dana. I I mentioned she contributed a bunch of pictures and stories about Warrior's life outside the ring, inside the ring, to the new book ultimate warrior a life forever the legend of a wwe hero that book is out now dana warrior is here today and before we get to dan i'm gonna tell you about my weekend had a great weekend going back uh to calgary and edmonton for the wwe live events always a blast to to work there uh, because there's such a great tradition of wrestling in calgary and at edmonton plus i got a lot of good friends there my cousins live there wise cousin chad you've heard wise cousin chad before Spiwi da Spiwi lives up there. Lots of cool people. So uh, I flew in. I went to LA and did some uh, did some podcast work and did uh, some work on some shows up there. You're gonna hear all about that upcoming. But then I went to uh, Calgary, flew out, got in, and went over to Wise Cousin Chad's house where we had a listening party for the new Iron Maiden Book of Souls album. Chad is a vinyl file, so he had bought the uh, double album already. We listened to that uh, that thing, cranked it up. All wear Iron Maiden T-shirts. Me, Chad. Uh, what's the good word, Todd, one of the nicest guys in the world, my other cousin, and Despiwi. And we put on our Iron Maiden shirts and just listened to Book of Souls in its entirety. Now, kind of funny, like how many people in this day and age in our 40s would have an uh, Iron Maiden listening party? Well, we did, and it was awesome. We got Manny's Pizza, one of our favorite places uh, out uh, in Calgary. Uh, thumbs up to Manny's Pizza. And had some Grey Goose and had a good time. The only thing about it is we always go to Wise Cousin Chad's house. And he's really wise except for he never gets enough pizza, for one. Always makes you mad. He'll always buy like a large and a medium. And he's kind of selfish, too, because everybody wants pepperoni and beef is my favorite. Or, you know, people like pepperoni. But Chad loves the weird pizza combination 
of ham and pineapple. Has since we were kids. But the thing is, no one else wants a ham and pineapple pizza. So he'll get a large pepperoni and ground beef pizza and then a medium ham and pineapple, but only he's eating the ham and pineapple. So everybody else gets, uh, you know, eat like two pieces each of this amazing pepperoni and ground beef. And then all that's left is like eight pieces of a ham and pineapple, which nobody wants. And I think WCC, wise cousin Chad, does that on purpose so that he has the leftovers to keep in the fridge for later. And then I always say go buy a large bottle of Grey Goose and he'll buy like a large one, but not one of the super large ones. So we run out of Grey Goose, run out of pizza, never run out of Iron Maiden. New album, Book of Souls, is amazing. We had a great time. Listen to that a couple times. Listen to Power Slave. Then, of course, as the night just starts to deteriorate, we always get into the Canadian music. Kick-Axe Vices was played. A little Street Heart was played. But uh, just a good time. It's always fun to get back home with the guys and get a chance to, to listen to some tunes and just rock out. And, you know, it, it, makes, uh, it brings back some good times. And I actually did a podcast with uh, WCC just a uh, an intro piece about 10 15 minutes and we talked about Cletus who of course is the band that WCC gave uh, his t-shirt of Cletus to Bruce Dickinson so many years ago outside the radio station if you listen to the Bruce Dickinson episode you know that that, that Bruce remembered Cletus and was laughing how he actually wore the shirt so we're going to tell that story uh, upcoming on Friday with uh, wise cousin Chad and I uh, talking about our encounter with Bruce Dickinson, and also our encounter with Axl Rose. So that will be on Friday's show. Then I went to Edmonton, worked the show against Kevin Owens. Had a great time. I really like working with Owens, and I'm excited to be working with him at Madison Square Garden for Y2J's 25th anniversary, October 3rd. You can watch that match, Jericho versus Owens, on the WWE Network. And it was funny because he comes out to the ring and we kind of set it up with a little bit of story because it's a cold match because we don't have an angle on television. But he comes out to the ring and talks about how he hates the town and he's going to leave. And then I come out and I, I, I just called him. I was like, hey, man, why are you always complaining? Like, why, are you, why are you such a grumpy cat? Because I looked at his face and it's like, well, he kind of looks like, you know, grumpy cat. Like, I don't know, looks nothing like him, but it's a funny word to use. And I say, you know, you're such a grumpy cat. And he looks at me and under his breath, like where he's not talking to the mic, he goes, that's lame. And I talk back to him like, okay, just wait and see. And I just stand there. I don't say a word. And lo and behold, a grumpy cat chant starts. Yeah. So thanks to the fine people of Edmonton for starting the first ever grumpy cat chant. Grumpy cat. Grumpy cat. And I'm like, this is great. We've got something here. So the next night in Calgary, same thing. You know, uh, why you have to be such a grumpy cat? Just wait, here it comes again. Grumpy Cat, and someone must have been in Edmonton as well that came to the Calgary show because they had a big sign that said uh, Grumpy Cat on the sign, which is great. So another Grumpy Cat chant starts, and then uh, it starts again during the match, and, and Owen says the best line ever. He's like, I am not a cat. I am a man. And, uh, yeah, the hilariousness that ensues at a live event. So Grumpy Cat, there you go. So if you ever see an Owens versus Jericho match, if you're going to Madison Square Garden, please start a grumpy cat chant. Uh, if I if I uh, if I lead you lead lead one on, if I start one, join in, please. And so two really cool matches with Owens in Calgary and Edmonton, and always two when we go there. I mean, it's such a wrestling oriented uh, city. 
always some cool guys backstage uh, in Edmonton. Phil Lafon came backstage. If you know Phil, he was in the WWE in the 90s with Doug Furness, his old partner who has since passed away. Great to see Phil. He was also known as Dan Crawford. If you watch All Japan Pro Wrestling, I used to hang out with him in the 90s. And when I did, he was nuts. I mean, weren't we all? <laughs> but he was completely crazy into a lot of stuff, bad stuff, alcohol and drugs. And he has since cleaned himself up to where he is now an alcohol and drug counselor, which is great. He works with teens, uh, young young people in their early 20s, etc., who have had uh, issues with drugs and alcohol. And Phil is now a counselor to help them change their life around the same way that he changed his life around, which is so cool. So props to, to Phil. Uh, always a good guy to see. Uh, Dean Malenko and Phil were great friends from All Japan, so Dean kind of had him come backstage, and it was great to see him. Also great to see David Benoit, um, son of Chris Benoit. Anytime I go to Edmonton, David comes around to the show, and he likes hanging around backstage and seeing everybody. And um, We went, and ha- went out and had a couple of drinks afterwards, which is always cool. And David's doing good. You know, it's uh, he, He's been through a lot in his in his. Uh, years i think he's 23 or 24 years old so uh as you can imagine all the stuff that he's had to deal with over his life but is a really cool guy very uh, quiet and also it's really interesting to talk to him because he has the same kind of cadence as his father same kind of smirk as his dad it's it is really really weird you know and and you know because like i said keep in mind notwithstanding the the last weekend of chris's life very close friend of mine very good friend and you know to see myself talking to David who is so much like Chris it's really really weird and Dean said the same thing so uh, always good to see David always welcome backstage at the shows and he's uh, he's working hard and, and doing good and making some inroads in his life so always cool to see him uh, it was funny actually because David was talking to to Curtis Axel Joe Henning and he got David Benoit and Joe Henning talking to each other and I'm kind of in the middle laughing and I'm like wow it wasn't too long ago that it was uh, I was standing there with their dads with with Kurt Hanning and Chris Benoit and myself. So I'm like in this weird area where I knew the dads and now I know the sons. So I guess I'm now officially like in the middle. I'm not a young guy anymore. What? What happened? What do you mean about a young guy? 25th anniversary? That's not much, is it? Well, apparently it is because now I'm friends with my friend's sons. So there you go. That happened with Alberto Del Rio too. I used to work with his dad, Dos Caras, in Mexico and Japan in the, in the early 90s. And then when Alberto was in the WWE, I worked with him quite a bit too. So, yeah. All right. Calgary, always good to see Lance Storm. Great guy. He's going to be there in Madison Square Garden at the Jericho 25th anniversary. And then, of course, I saw Brett the Hitman Hart, another guy who was really cool to see. Um, I didn't talk to Brett for a podcast, but I did get another Hart uh, for the show, which will be running at some point. So, anyways, had a great time uh, after the show in Calgary. Went out with my buddy JR and wise cousin Chad and Despewy and Tyler, another dude. And we went and hung out and had a couple more drinks. Just had a good time. It's always fun. Anytime I see a Calgary Edmonton loop, I want to go hang out with my friends and uh, have some good guy time, some good rock and roll time, some family time with my cousins. Um, so, anyways, thank you so much to everybody who came and saw us. In Edmonton, crowd was crazy in Edmonton. Actually, the crowd was actually really good in Calgary, too. Better than the last time we were there, which I was pointed out to me was Super Bowl Sunday. So if it was a smaller crowd and not as vociferous, I understand the reason why. But it was a great, great time. I love doing the live events. Thank you, Edmonton. Thank you, Calgary. And thanks to all of you for listening to this show. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, on the line, I have uh, keeping the legacy of the Ultimate Warrior alive. It's his wife, Dana Warrior. And Dana, it's so nice to have you. We've never even met before. No, we haven't. And I am just so honored to be on your show. You do a great show. You do such a great job. And thank you so much for having me, Chris. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I kind of got the, the word that, that you were looking to do this. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I appreciate the fact that, that you've been listening to my show. You just never know who's listening. So thank you. I know. That's kind of fun. And we, the girls and I also love you on Tough Enough. You're so great on that. You and Renee are so much fun. And so we watch you on that as well. So I, I've, I've had my eye on you for a while. You do a great job out there. <laughs> you're, you're really good for my ego already. So well, good. I wish, I wish, I, you know, I aim to please. <laughs> I wish every guest would start the show the exact same way you just did. Now, I wanted to ask you right off the bat. I love the fact, and this is this is part of of, of kind of the the, the uniqueness of, of the warrior that your name, and this is for people who don't know, your name actually is Dana Warrior. It is, yeah. Like that. Uh, that was the, like Warrior changed his name to actually Warrior, right? I always sort of imagined I'd have four boys. I'm a huge baseball fan. I thought like the Jersey Warrior on the back. That's pretty. That's pretty killer. So I was I was excited, and it really does mean a lot for us as a family. I ended up having amazing girls, and they're Warrior girls, and they they deserve to have it on the back of their jerseys. It's a very very cool thing. So I am Dana Warrior. Whenever someone refers to me as something else, I kind of look at them and I'm like. I, we obviously don't know one another. So, yeah, there's a, there's a big story. There's a big story there. So, so Warrior actually changed his name on, on his birth certificate to Warrior yeah. so that he would own the, the trademark to it or would own that name? Well, yeah, I mean, there was, there was, legal, there was legal matters behind it as well. But really, I, I think that if you know him at all, and I think that you do, um, there's a whole philosophy that he lived by truly a creed and it became it meant more to him um than just you know just a character he portrayed that was a character obviously there was the man who came home to our home every single day and but he was he did become warrior and that is that is what the girls and i have carried on that's their birthright that's who they were from the moment that they were born they were little warrior girls and you know losing him was was awful and terrible, but we will carry it forward. And besides his legion of fans who, who carry the mantle every single day better than even I. Well, tell me about that. You mentioned that it was his, his creed and his philosophy. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I think that you could see it in the ring. I think that you could see it. And I want to talk to you about the promos that you used to cut as Ultimate Warrior because they, they would make him laugh. I mean, even he had a pretty good sense of humor about all of that, and you're pretty fantastic about that. But <laughs> he, in the, what he was saying to people, even though I know that, that many critics and, and, and many naysayers would say it was gibberish, it was this, people gleaned something from, from the philosophy that he had, from what he was saying when he was in that persona. And when he left the ring and he decided to do other things, 
things in his life, he developed an entire philosophy, which you know he he called the the his warrior philosophy, his creed, his belief system, with intensity, going after life, uh, living it to the fullest, always you know doing everything to the nth degree, never ever ever settling for good enough. It had to be awesome. It had to be ultimate. And and really, that was how he lived every single second of his life. And I was lucky enough to uh, be in the passenger seat for that. Lucky enough, I say sometimes, sometimes it was a lot of intensity. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I kept up. I kept up. I'm a lot, I'm a lot quieter, but I, I, um, I really admired it in him. I admired it so very, very much. And he really did uh, live and breathe and bleed the the belief in integrity and and doing what was right and doing what was best and and when you made a mistake that you could correct that error and go back and do it better the next time better the next time and truly I mean it's been something that my my children have seen from the time that they were born it's a it's a pretty cool thing mm-hmm. I mean I feel I feel honored to have been you know, his partner in crime. When you're talking about the intensity of Ultimate Warrior, and that's a, if I was playing, um, you know, word association, yeah. that would be one of the words that I would use. Was, was he a very intense? You, you, you talked about about your girls, and I know he's very close to to his children. When he was taking them to school, or when he was helping with their homework, was there like, was there was that was it still the warrior? Like two plus two is four. <laughs> the shit out of the minivan yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean truly like yeah it it was there but he also like tucked them in bed every night and read them their stories and like he was the one who did that so that was there an intensity yeah like all the time no like Mm -hmm. there was there was downtime too and he would sit oh gosh chris i wish i could show you a picture of it because it's like the coolest thing he would sit in this rocking chair and put the girls to bed and like tuck them all in and then get out the book and and i'd hear his voice you can imagine like the ultimate warrior's voice reading bedtime stories and i would (laughs) i would like stand in the hallway sometimes just so i could hear it because it was so beautiful but my kids weren't raised by just like a mellow dude they Mm -hmm. were raised by somebody who um had real high expectations for them, but loved them so fiercely. So, yeah, was there intensity? Yes, Indiana won this award this one time, you know, and we're in this little town. We we live rurally, and we're in this little town, and so you can imagine the Ultimate Warrior, like, being in the elementary school. <laughs> Indy, Indy wins this state science award, and all of a sudden, Indiana! Like, I mean, nobody else did that. So, yeah, having the Ultimate Warrior as your dad was sometimes, you know, you eye-catching, I guess that's what I'll say. So, so what are- what, like, what are the teachers calling when he goes for parent-teacher music? Is it, is, it, is it first name ultimate, last name warrior? You you got it. That's exactly, that's what we demand, actually. We, <laughs> really? That was it? No, no Mr. Boy, <laughs> they, they really, they, but he would explain to them, and and it wasn't weird. I don't know. I guess if you, it wasn't weird to me, and it wasn't weird to any of the, the teachers, because he was so available mm-hmm. and so, like, he interfaced with everybody at the school, and I've always been that way, too. I mean, I was the room mom. I baked the cookies. I baked the, the cupcakes. I love that stuff. So we were really just immersed within our community. And you know this. Like, wherever it is you live, like, at Starbucks, they don't really carry your Chris Jericho anymore. Like, they're just right. like, okay, here's your drink. After a little while, that, that wears off, and you're just, you know, um, the one who yelled out at the science award really loud. <laughs> I've heard that before, like even like Paul McCartney when he when he's home in Liverpool. It's like you know McCartney's at the grocery store again. Hey Paul. Yeah. Hey, you Paul. know who cares? Right? He's yeah. just just another guy living in the city. Yeah. 
Now, when he was so sweet like that too, like I, I, he knew everybody's name. Like that's one of the things. Manners was a is an important thing. And like you go through the grocery store, we've all we've lived here for a long time. We know the cashier's name. We know, and and he knew he. Hey, Pat. You know, there's this one woman that we just loved at our Albertsons, <laughs> and and you know, hey, Pat, how's it going? How are the kids? And he he was a very personable guy and he cared about you know people within our community because they took good care of us and once everything happened um boy everyone really clung tightly to us and they adored him they adored him and he adored them so it's you know just like you said about paul mccartney you you live a life like that's a public persona in the ring in front of the camera but when you when you come away from that you are who you are and who he was was pretty terrific when did you guys um get together in the late 90s at some point yeah, I had just I, I I had gone to Arizona State University, and um, in the paper, you know, I I did not follow wrestling. Like I said, I was a huge Oakland A's fan. I was a huge baseball girl. I love sports. I love athletics. I thought it was really cool, and I had heard of him before because my brother went to SMU in Dallas, and he had actually seen my husband, my future husband at the gym. I was back in high school, mm-hmm. and he called home, and, and he's describing, you know, oh my God, you should have seen this guy at the gym. He's huge, and he's <laughs> And I, I remember saying, who? And he said, the ultimate warrior. And I was like, who's that? And, you know, I was, it's a dumb name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said, oh, my God, he's a monster. He's going on and on about him. And I said, well, you stay away from him. He sounds dangerous. So, so I, had, <laughs> I ended up marrying him. But, <laughs> yeah, um, right. There you go. <laughs> Because that sounded like a really good idea to me. But I, I, I went to Arizona State, and later on I saw in the paper that he was opening a gym. And um, I was... In, I was into fitness. I was actually competing in, in fitness competitions, and that was sort of the direction after school that I wanted to, to go in. And I um, thought, oh, that's a cool new gym. I'm just going to graduate from ASU, and before I get into real life, maybe I'll go and direct his aerobic program. I'm 22 years old. You know, this is a world-class <laughs> What do I know? But I think, oh, yeah. So I, I, I cruise over there. I'm in my little red and white striped dress, I remember, because this is the story he always would tell. And I walk through the doors and, of Warriors Gym, and that place was awesome. I mean, it was cool. And it was like time stood still. I mean, this is so corny. But it's, and I see him. He's behind a counter. And, I mean, he's huge. Mm-hmm. He's huge. And I'm just this little thing. And I just walked right through those doors and walked right up to him and said, um, I need to direct your aerobic program. And he looked at me, and he got this big smile on his face, and he said, you need to marry me. And I looked at him, and <laughs> here he is just towering over me. And I said, I won't even date you. And he laughed so hard and so loud. And that was when the chase was on, because I, I had no interest. Like, no, thank you. I know what athletes are all about. No, thank you. And um, I ended up, I did work there, and uh, and ended up, obviously, I ended up lying, and I dated him eventually. But I gave him a chase. <laughs> did yeah. you, so once you start kind of, you know, looking into more, like you, if you start dating this guy and, did you start kind of understanding just how much of a legacy and how much of an impact he had uh, in the wrestling I, world as the Ultimate I Warrior? I did. I did because I started. I, I like I said, I didn't know anything about wrestling, but now I am. I love it. I love the business. I love you guys. I love the girls that are in it. I love these NXT girls that are coming up right hmm. now. I love the business, and it's so funny having no no background in it at all. When I did start looking into it, I was like, these people are. Freaking amazing! I mean, mm-hmm. the athleticism, the the 
acting, the skill, the, I mean, the total devotion to your trade. So when I went back and I would, you know, this is back, like, I don't, when did, when did CD, like DVDs and stuff, I think there was tapes that I watched, you know, <laughs> and, and putting in these, these shows and the storylines and the, oh my gosh, these guys were incredible. And this is Macho Man. This is, you know, this, this, this is this entire era of, it kind of is a golden age of, of what they did with the costumes and the pageantry and, um, yeah, Undertaker, you know, just incredible matches that he did. And Andre the Giant, yeah, I, I got so into it. I was so interested. And, and he was like, oh, God, like, I was so glad you didn't know anything about me. I'm like, <laughs> well, I do now. <laughs> well, then that's the thing, like, as a, as a longtime wrestling fan, especially when I was a, you know, a teenager in the 80s. Yeah. So I was a big WWF fan. And then when Warrior first came on the scene, I think the reason why I thought he was so cool is one, so much energy intensity. He had really long, cool hair. Like I was a big rock and roll guy and all wrestlers at that time basically had mullets. Yeah. (laughs) But Warrior had like the real cool hair and the intensity and the fire and the excitement. Like we had never seen anything like that before. And even though it was a very short period of time that he was in the WWE, it might have been five years or six years, whatever it was. He left an impression forever for anybody that ever saw him uh, wrestle. And it, it didn't matter if it's 2015 or, or, or ni- uh, 1988. I still feel the same way when I think of The Ultimate Warrior. Oh, Chris, that's so nice of you. To, I mean, that is just like, that gives me chills. That's so cool. And so many, because I'm the same age as you, and I think you and I have similar musical tastes. But mm-hmm. I, I, um, I, like, guys in my era were so drawn to him, and I think it's because it's, like, this comic book character that really, like, ripped off the pages and came to life and right. and, and did bring so much color and coolness. In the, and you, I know you had the long hair uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for a long time, too. The blonde long hair, and you pulled part of it back. Like, you know, yeah, right? Did, right. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Like, I think that's, I just think that's awesome. I think it speaks so much for that era. And, and you know, like, the 80s was awesome it was a cool time it was a fun time yeah you know I, I i think i i'm so appreciative of you saying that and it's it's so fun when i hear you guys talk about him like that you know i think that's really have you ever heard um I, I, you mentioned we have same musical taste so obviously you're you're an aussie fan yeah and yes do you yes. know do you know uh so aussie's guitar player zach wilde that played on no more tears and mom i'm coming home and, and that era of aussie i don't know if you know this or not but zach is obsessed with the ultimate <gasps> warrior idea to the point where we've had in-depth discussions about james helwig he loves he'll call him he loves he loves talking about james helwig yeah, yeah. oh and, my god i had no idea oh dude i'm telling you what he he <laughs> to the point of will can tell you anything about about the warrior ultimate warrior from his ascension to even like when he came back and wrestled once or twice in the late 90s with short hair how, yeah. how angry he was at that it's like the warrior needs hair he should have wore a wig it's the warrior <laughs> so yeah th- there's people that you don't even know that were influenced oh. to the day to this day by by your husband oh that makes me like so happy it makes me want to cry at the same time because that is just <laughs> that is so cool that is that is something i didn't know i'm so yeah. glad you told me that that is so cool oh yeah and zach's a huge fan oh, so wow but, but, but here's another thing too so uh my my interactions with warrior were very very minimal. I only met him a couple times when he came back to do the the, the short little run in WCW. Okay. But my my point is, I'm, I'll never forget this. He came, uh, you know, you backstage, and I wasn't really much at the time. And he either he came up to me or maybe I went up and introduced myself to him. But I'll never forget. He goes, he goes, Chris, I'm a big fan of your work. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. 
And yeah. I just, like, I was a nobody. And no. he didn't have to say that. And I'll never forget, like, how cool that was. The warrior knows who I am. He's a fan of my work. Like, yeah. uh, that quick three-second conversation Aww. will always be in, in my head. Well, can I tell you something a little further than that, Chris? Because he really did, like, he thought you were so funny. Like, oh. he <laughs> thought you were so funny. He thought you were so good on the mic. And it's weird because there's certain people or certain stories he would tell me and and so he sincerely meant that about you. I, I really mm. thought you were just something had spark, you know, had 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 that it factor. And obviously, you know, it's funny you say I was nothing because you're never nothing. Like you're just on the precipice of starting something great, and that's what you were doing. And you made like an incredible career for yourself. But you thought you were really talented, really talented, and really funny. And I don't know, did you dress up like him sometime for Halloween, or was that somebody else? No, that was somebody else. Okay. Um, yeah, I never went that far with it <laughs> <laughs> you would have lost all street cred with your buddy uh, yeah. he dressed up like him maybe who knows <laughs> but yeah. i mean and then the other thing i remember uh was watching him and, and you probably would know the reasons for this and i've told this story many times and maybe he did it with you too i'm not sure but i remember watching him at the catering table and there's always a big selection of like desserts and, and yeah. sweets and stuff and he grabbed a chocolate chip cookie and he crunched it up and crumbled it up into his into his hand and he smelled it and then he threw it away yep what 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 was what's that what the hell was that okay can i just tell you i'm a baker and a cook (laughs) right so like i'm so please let me tell all the the wonderful people who were at catering that he ruined their cookies i apologize and don't (laughs) you know i i would make him this like i have this famous layer cake it's this awesome chocolate cake and he would it would be his birthday and i would make it every single year because the rest of us are normal in this family like we actually eat the food we don't crumble it in our little paws and throw it away right and he would eat one tiny little slice and like a tablespoon of this coffee ice cream gross but Mm. anyway that that would be like his birthday treat to himself once a year (laughs) that man is so disciplined i I don't understand it, but that was how he went through life. And I have to tell you, like, I, my vice is sweets, like cookie, uh, not cookies, it's more candy, like little kid candy, kind Mm -hmm. of gummy bears and gummy worms and Swedish fish and that stuff. And so I would actually have to hide it in the house. He would call it my stash, like I was like some (laughs) addict of some sort. But I would, I would go out and I would like get my little gummy bears and hide it away. And he, like a bloodhound, would find it and be like, I found your stash, Dana. I'm like, oh, like spoiled again. You could not have any junk in his in this house. So, yeah, and that was legit. You saw it, and it was true, and it was his entire life, except on his birthday. On June 16th, I could make that cake, and he'd have a sliver with a tablespoon of ice cream. So what's the, what's the smelling? That's how he's having dessert, by just smelling the yeah, fragrance of it? I think so. I mean, I think that's like... Boy, that's a diet play. I'm, I'm going to start marketing that. That's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, talk about the ultimate willpower, right? <laughs> you and I, let's do like a, yeah, that'll be our, let's do some kind of infomercial where that's our, right. that's our gimmick. We're gonna, <laughs> ultimate we'll warrior that. willpower. Yeah, that's you're it. just smelling that's the food. It. You know what? I own the trades. After we're done here, let's discuss that. I think that <laughs> For sure. Sense. We'll put together sense. a business plan. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it to Vince. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
let's talk about uh, about Warrior. Um, talking about Vince McMahon and the WWE, kind of in the two thousands when 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 Warrior was was finished, kind of wrestling. There was. Um, and I know there was a lot of animosity between the company and between Warrior, sure. even to the point of, of the DVD, the, the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And I'm on that DVD. I know you are. I yeah, yeah. and I remember, I don't remember them saying, like, you have to trash the Warrior, but I remember them saying, like, they were doing this thing where they were, like, there was a big vengeance. They, were, they wanted to do one on Brett. They did one on Warrior. I can't yeah. remember if they're going to do one on Savage as well. Like, anybody who had kind of animosity, they wanted yeah. to do kind of these semi-smear campaigns against them. So yeah. what was Warrior's reaction when, when that it, DVD came out? It broke his heart. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. I, it broke his heart. That was, and, and you know, I, I think he said that some, on some place, and I'm so glad that he did because then I feel like I don't have to protect, you know, some, like, right. field. He said, like, it hurt his feelings. Like, it really did. And I, I've said this, and I actually... You know, I've said it publicly, and uh, so I don't feel that I'm saying anything that I shouldn't. Like, it broke a piece of him that I think I was able to repair a lot of things in his life. I was never able to fix because I think it was such a categorical uh, attack on who he was as a human mm-hmm. being. And, like, that wasn't nice. Like, th- that wasn't nice. And was my husband perfect? Hell no. And, and I'm not going to sit here and, and recreate. I lived with the guy. I know he wasn't perfect. But you know what? His core was so good. Mm-hmm. And none of us. Like, Chris, would you want to be caught on your worst day when you behave badly and have that be, like, what everyone wants to pretend is who you are? No. And right. Me neither. Like, and my kids, when my kids misbehave, I'm going to be like, boy, you know, like, forevermore, Indian Natty, that's it. Mommy's going to remember, you know, this Yeah, day, yeah never, right yeah. No, like we all have our moments where we, we aren't our best, but you just hope that in your life that you have more moments that are awesome. And, and I, I believe that my husband did. I, I believe that. So, you know what? There was a lot of animosity. There was a lot of um, anger. And, and the truth is the company that, like, WWE had the power to do something like that. They had the, the, the money and the manpower. and, and Right, they it. own the footage of all this yeah. stuff that they're showing, right? Yeah. They had the power to do that. Do I wish they hadn't? I sure do. Like it, it, it broke his heart. Do I think that they would ever do something like that again? No, I don't. And like it, so, all of that animosity, all of the conflicts. Like I'm a writer, so I think this is like a story that was told, and that was chapters in the story. But there's a whole arc, and like that was the conflict. That was mm. the, that was the. We're gonna, you know, come to blows. We're gonna have litigation. We're gonna have. We're going to have fights. We're going to have these epic blowouts, and they did. But thankfully, thankfully, like that was Chapter 13, and we moved so far past that. And now, you know, beyond the conflict came the the resolution and the reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And, and I, for me, I feel like he had ultimate vindication and victory for everybody at the end. So, yeah, that stuff all existed. Yeah, do I like it? No. Like, would I like to punch somebody in the nose? Probably, like, <laughs> but but it was it was really, it was really much like a, it was almost like a Michael Moore documentary where it showed the one side of the story but yeah. never the other side. So, do you ever did you ever did Warrior ever ever find out the reason why? I mean, were him and Vince at re- really bad odds at that point in time? I think they were. I think that they had like that real love hate between them mm-hmm. at, at the time where there's like you know you went off the reservation and and I'm I'm more powerful and you know there's this. I don't know, I, but I also, I don't, it's so strange because I, I get, we don't, I don't know the answer to it, but I do know that 
whatever that was, the DVD that, that came out afterwards that we completed in collaboration, I feel like tells a, a much rounder story because it's not all glossy and perfect and rosy. It, it tells a real rounded story. And I, I feel like um, being permitted to do that and completing the story even after he passed away was the way to remedy that other DVD. Well, I feel like yeah. that's, that, that happened for me in my own spirit because otherwise, like, uh, there's there's a Shakespeare you know mm-hmm. quote that that says I am tiny but you know like uh, though she be but little she is fierce and that's me like I'm tiny but I'm tough and mm-hmm. I, I think I would have had to like go out around swinging a baseball bat for a while if <laughs> something like that hadn't happened but I really do feel like at at the end of it all like I said the 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 story was resolved and that DVD was set right by by the one that they that they did at the end that. That told a that told the more round story, like you were saying, the Michael Moore. It wasn't. It was the a, a, a much fairer story. Yeah, but yeah, the first one was very unfair. Like I said, it was it was it was meant to be a smear piece. It was yeah. caused the issues, probably deepened the the, the chasm uh, between between Vince and Warrior. But tell us the the road that kind of led to the reconciliation of of Warrior and the WWE, because now. The warrior has the place that he deserves in WWE history and in the legacy of being one of the greats, one of the absolute tippity top greats. So, how did the, how did we get to that point after all of this animosity? You know, in in over fifteen years or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, Chris. That's so coming from you. Like that means that means a lot. So, thank you for saying that. First of all, um, I think there was a lot of years like of kind of working at this and little feelers going out, um, little like, uh, you know, putting your toe in the pond, come on, this is where you belong. Mm-hmm. And um, I, we have my husband, a business manager, Steve Wilton, who works, um, works still with me to preserve the legacy. He would always tell lawyer, you need to be back in the WWE. That's where you belong. That's your home. He was the best advocate for getting Warrior to come, you know, come back and meet with, with Vince and, and, and have this reconciliation. But my husband was really, like, like I said, very hurt by that DVD. And when he was asked to come and be a part of Hall of Fame, and, and I might be a little out of order on, on some of this stuff, because I was, I, was, well, sure. I was the CEO of Casa de Warrior. You know, I was, <laughs> I was running our life uh, yeah. doing this stuff. But um, there was often, like, gestures about Hall of Fame, or there was, you know, come and be a part of it. And he would say, if I'm so self-destructive in the face of all these other guys who actually did destruct, because he's conducting a life that was really outside the ring, really very normal and, and not self-destructive. I mean, we, we had a great life mm-hmm. together, and it was, you know, maybe a traditional, maybe not on the road running all the time, but it was a beautiful, beautiful life that we had. And so he was very confused by that and very hurt. And um, I, I think it was very gun-shy. Like, why would I go back to a place that, that, that said so many horrible things about me but um steve and then i don't know exactly how it happened that triple h came into the picture but that bridge i i feel like was built in big part by paul mm-hmm. i do um between vince and my husband and then paul just kind of remedying the 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 hurt and the the trust issues that had to go on but it took a couple years chris i and like i said timeline might be two or three years before they were really kind of in talks about, come on, this is where you belong. This is all that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll remedy. We'll make it better. We'll come on, come, come home. And mm-hmm. I think that there was always a hole in my husband's heart. And I said this to both Paul and Vince right after we lost him was like, there was a hole in his heart that was 
never going to be filled until he did go home to WWE. And, mm-hmm. and I, I guess, I mean, when we, we talk about a story arc or we talk about destiny, like my husband did so often, and, and, and you know what, critics can roll their eyes and do whatever and be naysayers. That's fine. If you want to be snarky and nasty, that's fine with me. I, I'm a big girl. I can handle it. I believe in it. I believe that that was like he was always meant to go home and take his rightful place, and I don't think he could have rested had he not. So um, I don't know if I've answered that really as, as articulately as I wish I could for you, but I think that, that I think Paul reached out a hand, and I think that Paul kept reaching out the hand and reaching out the hand and reaching out the hand until finally my husband couldn't deny that he wanted to reach back. Well, there's a real uh, uh, kind of a, a pattern with this, with, with Paul, Triple H, doing that, because, you know, the, the old ways... And, you know, the, some of that, that animosity runs deep, and it was there with, with Vince and Bruno Sammartino, and it was there with Vince and, and, and Bret Hart, and it was there with Vince and Warrior. And I think Paul kind of coming into play, he can be the the good cop in the face of Vince's bad cop and kind of mend some of those fences because he's done a great job of bringing home pretty much everybody that was on the outside looking in, including Randy Savage, even though he passed away years yeah, earlier, but with, but with yeah. the Poffle family. And also, too, uh, not only do the families and the guys deserve it, but the fans as well. I agree. I mean, I couldn't, I agree so much. And my husband's fans are so incredibly loyal and, like, protective of him. And I'm sure that you guys find that with your fans. Each, each person has their fan base. And they, so, but I'm just, I'm going to go out on a limb and let everybody throw tomatoes at me. But I think my husband's fans are, like, the greatest people in the whole wide world because <laughs> they would not let up. I mean, they were, he was out of the ring for years and years and years, and they still wouldn't let it go that that's right. where he needed to be. And, I mean, people fade into obscurity. My husband did not. He did not. And, 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 and that was propelled on his own volition. And, and what we were talking about earlier, his philosophy. And people would write, and they still write me, and I read all of it. Like, I, I believe in, because he took such good care of his fans and, and taking care of my husband's fans as well. And, and they would say, like, I, I love the man behind the mask when I found out who he was even more than I love the character in the ring. And, I mean, my gosh, talk about a legacy. That's pretty darn cool. Well, and, and yeah, and like I, like I said earlier, and I'm not great with, with, with dates and numbers either, but to me, I think maybe 91 or 92 or so, he left the WWE. He might have come back once or twice for brief periods, but you're talking about a guy who still had this legendary uh, legacy from a very short period of time, from decades ago, but people never forgot that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so, something else. I mean, it really is something that you, I don't know that there's a comparison, really. Like, I, I, I no. don't. Not not in this business. No, no. it's almost like maybe uh, like Guns N' Roses in music. Yeah. You know, from '87 to '91, the biggest yeah. band in the world, and then have been yeah. gone f- since. But people can't stop talking about wanting to see them again. No, it's true. And you know what, Maddie, who's 12 years old, has a Guns N' Roses shirt, and she's like, "Oh, I want this shirt." And I'm like, "Well, that's like would be my shirt." She's like, "No." I'm like, "Have you ever t- name one song?" She's like, "I don't know, but I just like this band." <laughs> she's like, "Mommy's gonna play you. Go get on mommy's iPad and like go, let's listen to some Guns N' Roses, and then I'll buy you the I'll buy you the T-shirt so you have some cred." But but not no, all I, the songs because there's some bad words. I know, I know. But my my, my children, like I want someday I'll tell you the story. I won't tell it when we're being recorded, but I'll tell you the story about some choice words that my children learned at very young ages with my <laughs> husband. So, I'm sure, yeah. right? So do, do you, when was the first meeting then between Vince himself and Warrior when all, when all this reconciliation happened? I, I don't know exactly the dates, but I do know the, the bridge that happened, and I remember my husband coming home from it and being so happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, so incredible. Because, 
you know, like when we say good cop, bad cop, it's sort of like I can't even go completely along with that because it's sort of like it's sort of like your dad instead. <laughs> it's like your dad and then your big brother. Good like, point. Yeah. You know, because it's like we would be in the middle of the biggest fights with, with WWE. And I have to tell you, like, that was scary for me because I, I was young. I was, I was mm-hmm. young, and my husband's 12 and a half years older than me. And we are in these battles with this corporation. I have to go sit in depositions. I have to go, wow. I'm, a, I'm a kid. I'm a kid. Uh, you know, I learned so much. I mean, I learned so much of how to conduct yourself, but still it was a, a scary thing. And, and But we would, like, then we'd crawl in bed at night, and he'd just, like, he'd be like, I miss Vince. <laughs> and we'd mm. be in the, I'm like, I'm going to kill you, because I'm, <laughs> here I am sitting in this scary deposition with these attorneys and blah, blah, blah. And, but he's like, I miss him. Yeah, man, I really do. I just miss him. I wish I could tell him such and such, or this happened. And, and I, I told this on the DVD, like, he, when, when Indiana, when our first, you know, child is born, and it's just like this incredible moment, and we're sitting there afterwards, and, and he looks over at me, and he's like, God, I wish I could call Vince. So mm. as much as like bad cop, yeah, I get, but but that Vince has to do that. Like he is running, he's got a lot on his shoulders. And oh, sure. at my my age now, I get it so much better than I did at at the age where we're fighting with him in in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. But I will. So you know, getting back to it all, no matter how mad my husband ever was with Vince, no matter how much it broke his heart with the DVD, no matter what else, he always had such a respect for him, like a and a love, like a genuine love. So. When he saw him again, when they would see each other or get on the phone, I mean, like, you'd hear the big old, I don't know if you've ever been around my husband when he laughs, but it's like, the, it's, <laughs> it's music. It's, it's music. It's huge. It's laugh. It's, it, it just it goes, it fills the room. And uh, they'd get on the phone or they'd get together and just laugh, the, the best laugh. And when he saw him, I, they just, uh, my husband told me, like, that he just, they just hugged, like, for a long time. And, and then he and and Paul and Vince all sat down, and I could almost see the, the visual in my head because the way he described the, 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 the catering, because somebody brought my husband something, and Vince said, he's not going to eat that shit. He doesn't eat like that. You know, like, <laughs> he, he, get him a grilled chicken. Get him what I'm eating. You know, it was just so cute, and he was describing just how Vince knew my husband so well. And I think the reason that they butted heads so much, and, and this is just me on the outside looking in, is they were just so much alike. Yeah. Like, they were so much alike, and... And my husband, it was like the the errant teenager who had to go off and prove himself. Or you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that dynamic that went back and forth. I'm just there's a picture from the, of of Triple H and Vince and my husband from that whole weekend before he passed away, and they're all laughing. Their mm-hmm. heads are all thrown back, and they're and like I mean, it, we're talking about like I lost my husband, and I should the pictures that I have are the most treasured thing. But that's the picture for me. That's the picture of that whole weekend that that I love the most that I have in my room because mm-hmm. it's like the the three of them together had made this happen. They'd all come back together, and and they're laughing, and that it was just the best. It's just the best to me. So there's a great picture. I think Triple H may have even sent it to me from that weekend because we were talking about Warrior being back. Um, and it's Vince, Vince and, and Warrior just yeah. in this giant embrace, both kind of laughing. And you, you know, because like you said, I mean, here's the thing about Vince, and I know, I know Vince very, very well. Of course. But Vince loves uh, bodybuilding and muscles. You know, you can tell just by looking at him. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and I can't think of anybody who was had a had a was a better physical specimen in the history of the business. There might be a couple, but I can't think of them than Warrior. So oh. right there, you know, Vince is impressed by the physique of the Warrior. Then of course. Plus the, the 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 huge amount of stardom that that you know it was a very symbiotic relationship where they both 
basically made a lot of money for each other. Yeah. And I think Vince always respected that about the Warrior. Yeah, I think so, too. I do. I think there was so much more love and respect than there was, but a lot of time wasted, boy. A lot of time. Mm -hmm. A lot of time wasted because that would have been... But you know what? Lessons are learned. Lessons are learned, and you just you don't want to waste time like that with other other people because it's just time. You'd never know, and time well, is so fleeting. And that's the thing. And you mentioned kind of the destiny, and you mentioned your husband passing away. Uh, it, it, it's actually still blows my mind, as I'm sure it does to you as well. Just if like if you were going to write a script on the Ultimate Warrior's life, the yeah. fact that he was able to come back and have this reconciliation, and then have this this reintroduction for this whole new generation of people who might have heard the legend of the warrior but never actually see him. Uh, t- t- talk us a little bit about the, about the last weekend of his life, and uh, obviously the highest of highs, then yeah. you know, the lowest of lows. Uh, just yeah, to, you know. no, you're so right. I mean, you nailed that. Like, I, I talk about, you know, and, and it just seemed like he was prophesizing in a way because he, when he talks about storytellers, and, and now you and I, here we are. We're the storytellers mm-hmm. for the life, but we were so excited. I was scared, like, and I was, I was nervous because I have, you know, the two small girls, and you'll, if you can look back, there's no pictures of them. But there's one from them from behind because we really we would go and put um, flags on veterans' graves, uh, you know, at Memorial Day. And so mm-hmm. there's one picture ever that has ever been released of my two girls um, doing that. And otherwise, we kept them very private. They had just a, like I said, small town upbringing, very very grounded, good, well mannered, nice girls. I was scared, like I did. I was nervous to bring them to something that's public like that. But I was so proud of him, and he. He was excited. Once he decided to do it, he was so excited about it. Um, and excited to get up there and accept the award. So excited that Linda was going to be the one to induct him. And just this whole feeling that we were on the precipice of, of something new and something so exciting and wonderful and um, not not nerve-wracking. It was like going mm-hmm. home. It was like thinking, I'm going to go home for Christmas and see everybody that I love. And and just really being excited. So as we were coming to that, there was a lot of, of activity and a lot of things that were, were going to come and, and be done. We The girls were introduced to, to wrestling for the first time, although they, they'd seen some of their dads. You know, obviously we'd done movie night, and we'd shown them, and th- they thought that was very cool. They did oh, you showed them some of the matches? Yes, heck uh, yeah. Are you oh, kidding? Like, but, so cool. But you said they, and, didn't, they didn't like the long hair? No. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and that, that's what I – please tell – um, your friend, that was the reason he didn't have long hair is because his daughter was like, if you ever, gr- I'll never, I'll never let you come in public with me again. If your hair ever looks like that again. <laughs> okay. I'll tell Zach for <laughs> sure. You let Zach know that there was a reason behind that, that his princesses demanded it and he would do anything for those girls. So, um, but the short hair was, was by design. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were just all so excited and, and my kids like, I mean, talk about something is in your DNA. Maddie especially absolutely just took to that place. Like, you know, I, I grew up and my dad had a company picnic every year, you know, like, and he worked at Hewlett Packard, right? So you get some, like, squirt guns and some popsicles and you think, oh, the company picnic is awesome. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Like, WrestleMania as your parents' company picnic is pretty awesome. That's so. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> My kids come. He's so excited because they're so excited, too. And like I said, just the idea of seeing all of you guys again, the boys, meeting the the next generation. And he had so much respect for these guys that are in there right now. I mean, so much respect. And, and these are guys that, like you were talking about, watched him and loved him. And Daniel Bryan coming up to him right before this huge match that he's going to go. He's at the show, you know. And yeah. he's telling my husband what a fan he was of his. And, I mean, Cody... Um, 
Reynolds coming up and talking to him. Oh, I was such a fan. Those kind of things, like for him, he, that meant the world. That meant the world, and my kids being able to see it. So, and, and Sergeant Slaughter coming up and giving him a potato, and like you know, just <laughs> cool moments. And oh, I just I I wish. I can feel it all in my stomach as I even tell you it all right now. Just the excitement and the anticipation for it's all going to be so good again. It's all going to be so awesome to be back. It's all, I'm going to kick this off and be an ambassador for WWE, a company that no matter if I fought with, I love and I'm proud to be a part of and and, and proud that my family gets to see you know me do this. And his Hall of Fame speech was so beautiful and so poignant. And he got up there. I mean, he just looked to me when I see pictures and I, I, I sat in the audience and watched him. I mean, he just looked like old Hollywood, you know, it was just so <laughs> so cool to see him up there and and to, he had his say but he didn't you know he wasn't off the rails he did, he just he he it, i just oh i thought he was so dignified and so awesome and when he came out and did um his speech on monday night raw and and you know he wasn't going to put on the face paint and then he did and everyone just went crazy and there's pictures i mean god i hate pictures i just wanted to burn them but but you can see how excited the girls are just crop me out it's like he was so because i rocked the 80s do just for him i was like i'm gonna gonna go back to the 80s i'll do hair and makeup for you in the 80s but he like just to watch my girls see him as ultimate warrior and watch the fans go i mean what a pop and watch him go crazy and like you said this isn't even like this is decades later and there's still this wildness and the things that he said in that speech it was just Oh, gosh, Chris. I mean, like, wow, how do you even look back on that? And then to have, you know, I, I, I was explaining this to when we were leaving New Orleans, and we were so tired but was so jazzed. We hadn't even gone to sleep, I don't think, and we laid in bed that night, and we had to get up at, like, really early the next morning, and we were laying in bed just like little kids t- talking about how awesome it all was and how excited the girls were and how excited he was and how proud I felt of him. And we got to the airport, and that I'll never forget that that airport. And we walk in, and of course, it's it's like WrestleMania, you know, airport. They just <laughs> changed the name. And and when we're getting ready to board the plane, everyone had come up, and I'm always he's always happy to sign, and I'm always happy to take pictures, you know, of of them with with him, make <laughs> sure that they like the pictures. And I mean, he's gone through. I don't know. There's probably a hundred people. It was like an impromptu and you know signing was lined up, and and they call us to board and all those people in that terminal stood and clapped and like mm-hmm. made parted away. Like, and we walked, you know, onto the plane and they were all just cheering and, and he sat down and I just, I mean, I, I'm a sap. I just like had to turn my face cause it made me cry. And they walked by and patted him on the shoulder. You're my hero. Like you're so awesome. I mean, that's the day he died, you know, like he died on that day, but he, I'm sorry. I'm usually, I try really hard not to do this in public. He, um, all those people patted him and cheered him and told him how much he meant to them on the day that we lost him. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, how good that must have felt. That hole that I know that he had must have been filled, or else he wouldn't have left this this place. You know, like if there mm-hmm. was more work to be done. As much as I hate it, and I hate it every single day that I open my eyes that that he doesn't live on this earth. But he, he finished his mission. Like he finished and. He made his way home, and the people who loved him got to tell him that they loved him. And, and he got to say the same thing in return. And um, when he passed away, I, like, it was, he was just with me. And, um, and he, when he died, he died like a warrior. I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. like he didn't crumble. Like, he died like a warrior, and, and I knew he was gone. And I was, I mean, it was a shock. Like, 
but I, I felt him, I felt him, and I just was, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, absolutely not. But even in his death, he was a warrior. Even in his death, he was a warrior. And I just, I think to myself, like you were saying, and like I think to all the time as a writer, there could not have been a better final weekend or a better final morning or a better final mm-hmm. day. It was a worse day for me and the girls, but it was like, I think it was a crowning moment for him, and I... I couldn't have asked for more. I couldn't say thank you enough to all the people who were involved to make that so for my husband. You just said so many poignant things there, um, you know, passing away like a warrior and, and, and kind of making amends with, with I mean, I've, I've spoken to, to Jake Roberts has been on this show and, and, yeah. and Hulk Hogan and a bunch of guys that warrior made amends with, you know, seeing him backstage and seeing him around it's 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 so unbelievable like you said had he had he still passed away when he did and that all hadn't happened like you mentioned the mission wasn't finished but it's almost did you have any like in looking back was there any indications or any issues that he was having that you thought like like was it just a total shock yeah it really was and you know it's so weird too chris because his father and his grandfather both passed away at that same age like Mm -hmm. within that same um, so it's obviously a genetic, you know, heart issue and something that I'm terrified with with my own children. Right. Um, but he lived so clean. And we just had such a clean life. I mean, if you could have seen the the diet that that man kept until the day like that he passed and the way, I mean, I, I, like I told you, I'm a cook and I, I cooked for him. I would stack glass. He liked it in glass. So glass um, containers of chicken breast, and, <laughs> you know, his lean steak, and then his salmon, and then the vegetables that I would chop, and I loved doing it. Like, I'm, you know, I, I loved, I loved, I loved taking care of him like that. I loved mm-hmm. it, and, you know, whatever, I, I'm a total feminist, and my girls are hardcore, but you know what, like, I chose in my life to be a mother and a wife, and I loved it. I, I treated it like it was my career in the way that I did, and so he was just, I mean, he exercised, that man had abs until you know that that day is mm-hmm. you know the day that he passed away it his body was his temple and he treated it so beautifully so that is something that i would just tell everybody if it if you have heart conditions in your family you need to be on top of that all the time all the time and we had no indication of that none at all you know we were all tired at the end but i just thought we were tired is it one of those things like if he would have gone for a yearly heart checkup or something that it, that it could have been avoided or I don't I don't think so. I, okay. I mean I I asked because you know I'm uh, when it would all happen I you know everything's swirling through your mind and I'm so little and like as I was trying to help help him I kept thinking I'm just too small I can't do what needs doing you know like with mm-hmm. uh, and I so I was blaming myself in the you know emergency room and and the no no it was like a like he did not ever when he died he died and and when I say that like a warrior and I I, I said it some on the DVD I think like it was like as fast as his run to the ring he was gone mm-hmm. he, he was gone and they told me no it was so his heart attack was so massive and so instantaneous there was nothing that could have been done it. I don't know, though. I don't know. I don't know medically, and I don't want to pretend because that isn't... Sure. If we'd gone and found something, could we have... But all those things said, and you do, when when somebody dies, you think, what could I have done? Like, if we had done this, and you start bargaining, that was never the chapter that was going to be written. This was how it, it happened. And so... But I would tell any of your listeners, 
to go and get checked out because it is devastating to lose somebody mm-hmm. in that kind of a way. It is devastating to lose somebody in any kind of a way. So, I mean, if, if we can be somewhat of a public service and tell people if you have that that runs in your family to go and get that checked, I think that that's obviously, you know, such right. an outcome that we w- could have here. Words of wisdom to, to take the warning. But yeah, and you just so this is like a pure, I mean, talking once again about the warrior and all that he stood for and his philosophy. This is destiny. I mean, it's it's God's will, yeah. and, and that's just the way it was. And it, it's it's it, it's so fitting for what the warrior preached, and even what he said in his in his final uh, final promo at Raw. There were some things that he said in there where you're like, yeah. I off, I had a couple friends that have passed away over the years, and they've said things that you look back on. And you're like, I wonder somehow deep inside if something clicked that they knew. You know, I, I you never know with that sort of thing. But he said a couple things in in his yeah. speech that were very prophetic for what happened just a, a, a day later. I know, Chris. I mean, I think the same exact thing. And I think, like what you just said, and I've never had somebody, like I've had people who are elderly past that I loved, of course, and and my granddaddy, like that's how I knew that there were good men in the world because my granddaddy was such a stellar man. And he never called on the telephone, never, ever. Like Mm -hmm. that was just, he was a southern man and and he just didn't get on the telephone. That was a waste of time. He'd rather be out and milking his cows and walking his pasture land. And (laughs) he called me in college and then he, he, we lost him two days later. I, there's something in your spirit. I don't think there's anything conscious. I don't think there's anything that you know. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, that there's something in your spirit that knows that you're, I don't know, not winding down. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I do, I do look back on my husband in a different way sometimes now, and I recognize the impatience that was this frenetic energy that was him. And I think that he knew he had to cram it off, not, not on a level like you and I are talking right now, but on some level in his spirit that knew, I've got to cram it all in, like mm-hmm. I've got to make it all happen, I've got to. So some of what would be annoying to somebody else or his lack of patience, I think he just on some level knew he didn't have all the time in the world, the luxury of time that some of the rest of us do. And so he did just make it about intensity and packing it all into his gear bag every single day. (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, let's talk about something else that he said uh, at, the, at his actual uh, induction speech, where he said there should be an award every year for the Hall of Fame for the behind-the-scenes and the people that aren't as as well-known. And that's basically exactly what's happened with the annual Warrior Award now for yeah. at the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, okay, I'm going to try. I really do try because no one likes to listen to a blubbering person. But um, You're doing yeah. great, by the way. We've talked about some heavy stuff. You're doing amazing. I try because I like that. I, I, uh, my pillow at night, I can talk and I can do that kind of stuff, but no one needs to hear me <laughs> sobbing, and I need to be tough, like, to get through the, all of it. But that Warrior Award, like, breathed new life into me. Mm. That, that was like a call to arms for something that was greater than my grief and greater than what I had to tackle, like, moving forward, because there was a whole lot of stuff in his death that, you know, I had to step into, and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't necessarily who I've 
always been. And so um, when I got the call, Indiana was uh, competing up in Denver. She's an amazing ballerina and okay. ballet competition, and she was up there at YAGP. And I, I got a text from Steph, who oh, has like been an amazing, amazing support system. That's Stephanie McMahon? Yes, I mean, holy mackerel. I wish that my husband had known her. I wish that, because he, like, for all of his craziness, women, he was raised by a single mom. He's surrounded by women in our house. Linda McMahon, the reason he chose her is because he has so much reverence. That's right, yeah. It was kind of an interesting choice, right? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, mean, that was sincerely who he wanted to induct him. And I wish that he knew Stephanie um, because he would have just loved her. You know, Mm. he would have just loved her. But she sent me a text, you know, do you have a, a, a minute to talk is now a good time and I said absolutely sure and so I stepped out of what was going on with Indy's ballet and um, and I, I remember exactly where I was around the corner of, of this hotel and, and she she told me about the warrior award and that they wanted to do a, you know this award for him each year and then she told me about Connor and that he would be the inaugural recipient and uh, I mean I was so overwhelmed by uh, by what that would mean to mm-hmm. remember my husband like that, and like so honored that to have that named for him because that's something that'll just go down in tradition. Like when Maddie, my younger one, you know, claws her way to the top, they'll still be in, in the wrestling world. They'll still be the Warrior Award, and that'll be for her daddy. Like that is mm-hmm. just, when you talk about cool legacies, that's something that you leave behind because it means something not just for my husband. It's not an ego thing. It's a it's a heart thing. It's something that's so incredibly meaningful and then to have connor be the recipient of it come on chris i mean there's nothing like as much hurt and devastation as it is to lose my happily ever after that i had with my husband to know steve and connor and for him to lose his once upon a time you know like that broke my heart and made me want to step up and do something as best as I possibly could mm-hmm. for that little boy and for that little boy's legacy. So it just, they intertwined that meant so much to me. And I will never, I mean, I have, I will never in my life feel more honored than I felt at the moment that she told me that they were going to do that. And then the, the, the weeks that passed and then the actual induction of, of Connor, um, boy, that was just, that's uh, along with getting married to my husband and the, the birth of my children mm. that meant the most to me. One of the biggest things. And, and for those who yeah. don't know, Connor is uh, a huge WWE fan, eight-year-old yeah. boy that died, died of cancer. So it, to honor Connor and also honor Warrior, it was, it was a perfect first, uh, first induction for, for this Warrior Award. Now, is this going to be an annual thing? Yeah, I mean, that's my understanding. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. That's 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 amazing. I mean, like like you said, like out of all the darkness that surrounded that this, that's something that's very um, you can't take that away. It'll last forever. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I feel like that. And you know, the friend like um, Connor's father, Steve. I really, uh, I I was honored to meet him, and and we've become really good friends. We check on one another, you know. And like I said, I I can't even fathom what it is to lose a child. I can't even fathom mm-hmm. that. Like, Whenever people tell me I'm brave or like this, I just feel like, no, don't ever credit me with that. Like, that's just putting my feet on the floor every single morning and saying, what can I do to make you proud today? Like, the fact that anybody, what Steve did and, and got up there and spoke of Connor and his love and, and, and that he carries on as a, just such a dignified man, I, I, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I really am. Now, did Warrior actually mention, um, when he was talking about some behind-the-scenes guy, did he actually mention the name Jimmy Miranda? Yes. And, and, and yeah. I hope, I hope that, that that 
comes forward some way because I I called his sister um, at one point because I she had written me a, a beautiful letter and I called and had the opportunity to talk to her because he did he very specifically mentioned him. yeah and just and once again Jimmy Miranda was he's kind of like a um, a legendary behind the scenes guy he was the head of merchandise who passed away, I believe, of AIDS years ago, probably in 2000, 2001. But everybody that's from that era, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, always thinks fondly of Jimmy Miranda, and he's kind of a forgotten guy in the scene. So when Warrior mentioned his name, I was like, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see Jimmy get that award one year, hopefully. Oh, I love that. I love that you remember that, and I love that you speak it, Chris, because it's like all these people who make the show happen – are the real heroes. And yeah. I think that that's what my husband, I love that about my husband. Like, I'm really proud. I'm who would really say proud. that? Like, who who would go up there after being gone from the company for 15 years and mention uh, a little-known merchandise guy? Like, that's that showed a lot of character in, in Warrior's uh, case. I'm so glad that, thank you so much for, like, just even, like, you're a good dude that you even know, like, that. that's, that's what you should do. Those are the people yes. who made you what you were. And, like, that... That is who my husband was. Like, people want to paint a picture sometimes. And you know what? I, I get it. Like, it's more fun to say this or it's more fun to say that. And, and I, I, blow, I blow it off. But that is who my husband was. That, yeah. that, like, that little part of his speech, and he meant it. Like, he had thought about that guy. And when I had the opportunity to speak <laughs> to his sister um, after everything had happened, and, like, they still, like, they grieve like you don't stop grieving you don't move on you move forward and you must move forward or else you you give up your life and who you're not supposed to do that that's not what you're supposed that's not the mission you have here you're supposed to complete your mission and so that's what i tell my girls every day that's what i tell myself and that's i i want to tell others that i want to inspire others no matter how crappy it feels right now keep moving forward and and that's what you know we all anybody who's ever lost somebody the way that that jimmy was was taken from us the way that my husband the way that connor we all if we're alive if you're taking breath then you better be completing your mission mm-hmm, that's exactly right and uh speaking of the mission as we, as we wind down here the new book is called ultimate warrior a life lived forever yes. uh were you, did, is this something that you had a, a hand in writing did you help yeah, write this yes yeah well you mentioned I mean, you're a writer yeah, I, I, I am a writer, and this was more of a collaboration um, uh, of his time, his career within the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but some of it was, was his personal life, and so that is what I contributed. Okay. Steve Wilton contributed with uh, so much of the things that were, were going on when he was away from the business. It really is a very beautiful whole picture of of his life in and outside of the ring, but so much about, you know, Ultimate Warrior and those really epic matches and the, the, the guys that he worked with and the um, stories that they can tell and um, the, the contributions by, you know, people who, who he worked with most. But So I do the personal side of it and, and the, the pictures, the photographs from our our era together but there's so much more it's it's huge and it's oh i can't wait to see it in person because i have not yet seen it so um uh, that that's exciting yeah when you get that first box of books and open it up and oh, hold it in your hand it's like, oh. i don't even know i don't even know like <laughs> i don't even know that's going to be pretty incredible because it was a dream of his and and i um i want i want as much as i can every dream that didn't get finished while he was here i want to i want to 
make reality. That mission for him too. Did you interview a lot of the people that he was that he worked with? Is that how you got some of the stories? No, I didn't. That was not that that WWE. I did the. the but that's that's what I mean. Did did, did WWE yes, for yes, the book yes, go in and yes, interview yeah. these guys? Yeah. Yeah, and and did an incredible job. Everything that I've read, I'm like, I'm so impressed with. That. I learned things that I didn't even know <laughs> about him. So it's it really really cool. WWE did a beautiful job. I it, it took some prodding for me to want to do this project. The DVD I wanted to do to prove the other one wrong. This one was a little bit scarier for me because it's more personal because I, I am a writer. So mm-hmm. it, it, and to delve into that, when it comes to written word, that's where my heart you know, lies. So I, I was a little bit reticent, but I was, again, pulled along and said, come on, let's do this project. It's going to be awesome. And oh my heavens, like I, I couldn't be more excited about the launch of it. I couldn't be more excited about it getting out and getting in the hands of his legion of warriors because they're going to love it. Did you mention earlier when you, you talked about, about Madigan, when she gets to the top of the wrestling world, does she want to be in the WWE? Does she want to be a diva? Yeah. She, and, and when I said she's going to start at the bottom because that's one <laughs> thing that I've told my children. Like, you don't get any free ride. Whatever it is that you girls want to do in your life, like, you are going to start at the bottom and you're going to claw your way to the top. That was one thing Boyer loved about Vince that, that Shane used to put up the, the, the yeah, ring. Yeah, the ring. That's know? right. Like, yeah. And that's how we raised our girls. Like Stephanie worked at the uh, answering phones in the front lobby of of Titan Towers. Is that the coolest thing in the whole? And you know yeah. what? You can tell when you meet those kids. Stephanie yeah. McMahon is like, I mean, that is a woman. I uh, she's younger than me, and I admire her. <laughs> she she has learned how to be who she is but through hard work, and that's. I mean, I, I've raised my kids that way, and, and I can see it in their kids as well. You don't you don't get any free passes, but Maddie. So you know, she's so cute because she'll come to the gym with me, and that kid can train. She just has it in her body. She <laughs> has it in her body. She got in the ring with Natty uh, a little bit as well, and um, she's just got a little sparkle and a little glint in her eye. And as much as like her dad was a, a good guy, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I have a good a good a good guy or a bad guy on my hands. How old, how old is she? <laughs> She's 12 and a half. Yeah, and um, Yeah, she's like, it's really, really cute. Because the, the ones they love are like Dolph Ziggler and, uh, and Sin Cara <laughs> and, the, and all the bad guys. They, my kids love the bad guys. I, I don't know if I should say that, but they do. <laughs> they like all the heels. So, um, yeah, she, she has it in her blood that that's, that's the path she's going to take. So I said, well, you know what? You don't get to just run to the ring and, 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 <laughs> right. and do your dad's gimmick. He did that better than anybody else. So you're going to have to ex- establish your own. And I'm pretty sure she will. Last question. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you used to watch matches with Warrior and he would show his, his girls matches once in a while. Was there a match that, that, that he felt was his favorite? Do you know? Oh, gosh. I, I, I think he loved working with Randy. I think yeah. Randy was his heart. I mean, to be honest with you, what I think about those those two up in heaven together it makes me smile like mm. I, I he really did just adore randy and when when randy died that was really a sad day and i remember i remember him and when owen when he lost yeah, he was owen. pretty close to owen hart as well oh, right he loved yeah. owen i mean i remember uh, you know and i've never said this publicly but i remember him sitting at our counter uh when owen passed and i i remember we had this red tile counter and i can remember his elbows and just him being so big and his big old head in his hands and just his big shoulders shaking he was so sad yeah. you know like to lose owen and and, and randy too I, but his work with randy he absolutely loved that and my girl's favorite work is with him and undertaker we oh. love undertaker <laughs> we're cheering for undertaker we're so excited we, we just know taker's gonna take it back but um yeah he really did there the, i think 
I, I think that those were his two favorite guys. Well, Andre, though, he loved Andre, too. When he'd talk about Andre, he would laugh so uproariously. So, yeah, I mean, sure, there's always these major matches that everybody remembers and they point to, but I think working with Randy yeah. and um, was his very, very favorite. I saw him uh, work with Andre the Giant in Winnipeg, and he, oh. beat, he beat him in 30 seconds. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Warrior's so good, he beat Andre the Giant in 30 seconds. That's how tough he is. <laughs> oh, but can I tell you, Chris, he would talk about how what an incredible man Andre was and what a generous like person to work with that he was. And, and I know that like people would say that my, this or that about my husband. It wasn't true. He would bring, there was a certain bottle of, I, I don't remember if it was scotch, what it was. There was a certain bottle of something, and he, every single town he would bring it to, to say thank you for being so generous as Andre the Giant was with, to work with. I mean, to let... Somebody that amazing and legendary to let a, a younger guy beat him in 30 seconds is a, a pretty yeah. good guy to work with. And my husband never, he didn't, that did not escape him. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't take it lightly. Not at all. Yeah. Mrs. Warrior, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and you're doing a great job of keeping the legacy of the Ultimate Warrior alive. And uh, you're awesome. It was so good to talk to you. Thank you. Chris, you were so much fun, and sometime we're going to get together and uh, we're going to exchange playlists because I know that you probably have awesome stuff to put on on my uh, the playlist, and also we got to talk about the warrior willpower uh, crushing the cookie smelling uh, <laughs> smelling routine. You and I are just together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Thanks to Dana. So great and so happy, too. She's really infectious, uh, made me laugh, made me smile. Uh, you can really hear how much she loves the Warrior, how dedicated she is to keeping his legacy alive for the fans, uh, for herself, and most importantly, for their two daughters. And, a new, and the new book she was talking about is Ultimate Warrior, A Life Lived Forever, The Legend of a WWE Hero, available now. You get that on Amazon. You know where to do that. You do that through my sponsors. We'll get to that in a bit. This is the story of the Warrior's life, not just in the WWE, but you'll get that in full detail but loaded with pictures that span his entire career and his life outside the ring dana contributed a lot of life stories and photos it's a great book and if you do get it go on amazon please use the talk as jericho links to do that go to podcast1.com click on the supporter show sponsors banner at the top of the page then hit the talk is jericho button all my amazon links are right there uh you can go buy the ultimate warrior book or buy book of souls uh, from Iron Maiden, the new Iron Maiden record, or by Repentless, the new Slayer record, or, or by Kiss Alive, the new Kiss record, and listen to all of those guests on Talk is Jericho over the last four shows. Dana Warrior, Paul Stanley, Carrie King, and uh, Bruce Dickinson. What more do you want? It's metal, it's wrestling. You know, what more do you want, want to hear? I'll tell you what more you want to hear. You want to see Chris Jericho on the road? The Y2J WWE Fall Tour is underway. Uh, continues September 25th in Toronto. 26 Syracuse, 27 Rochester. October 2nd is Trenton. October 3rd, the Y2J 25th anniversary of being in the wrestling business at Madison Square Garden. Super stoked for that. Jericho versus Owens also going to be available on the WWE Network. I want you to check that out. And then after that, uh, I'm done in the States. Then we go over to Saudi Arabia, October 8, 9, and 10. Then Mexico, 16, 17, 18. And then WWE, uh, WWE is done for a while. Back out with Fozzie. October 30th, we're rocking the Kiss Cruise with Kiss, with Steel Panther. Then we're doing the Cinderblock Party Tour, taking it back to the UK and Europe with Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho. Go to FozzieRock.com for all of those dates through the UK, through Europe. There's Germany, Luxembourg. I believe there's a Switzerland. There's France. There's Austria. Go check out FozzieRock.com. And if you want to come meet me, Check out a Fozzie Rock VIP package. I will be at every single one of them. I'll meet all of you guys, and we'll have a great, great, great time. All right. Thanks to you for listening to the show. 
for twice a week for free. Thanks to my great sponsors, DDP Yoga. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get a great deal on DDP's amazing life-altering program. DraftKings, use the promo code Y2J to play for free. SeatGeek, use the promo code ChrisJ to get a $20 rebate off your first purchase of, of tickets for any event. Don't forget invoice to go. i got to check that out as soon as I'm done this show. Use the promo code Y2J uh, to, to uh, get an uh, invoice to go for as little as $9.99 a year. They're super cheap. Of course, there's Uber. Then there's Amazon. Don't forget. Anything that you buy on Amazon, they'll kick back a couple bucks to keep this show rolling. The links are all at podcastone.com. Click on the supporter show sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. We have links for the USA, the UK, and the Canada A. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Dana Warrior. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And on Friday, we got Playboy Playmate. And podcast host extraordinaire Jessa Hinton is here. She is hilarious. Plus, wise cousin Chad talks about our experiences with Bruce Dickinson and Axel Rose. So much coming up on Friday. We will see you then. And a big, don't forget, say it with me now. Yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 